0: Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the feed hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. And I know for you guys, there hasn't really been a break in the show. You know, like I I had some episodes recorded for when my wife went into labor, uh, which has happened. Um, But uh, I'm trying to think. I think it's actually been about three weeks Since I have actually sat down and recorded a show. And so, I knew you guys, it's, you know, nothing happened really. It's just one week after the next. Uh, But for me, this is the first time I've really, like, sat down at my desk, at my computer, pulled out the old microphone, and recorded an episode. So, if I'm a little rusty, I apologize. Um, My speech is all over the place uh, because I am extremely tired. I am on day 8, I think, of newborn baby watch. And so uh, it's hard enough for me to talk as it is. Uh, but when I don't get a lot of sleep, um, then, yeah, it gets even worse. So so I apologize in advance if I'm mixing up my words a lot. Um, like I said, I had a baby. Baby is here, for those of you who are longtime listeners. Um, yeah, y'all have been with me this whole pregnancy, or my wife's pregnancy. I don't know. Some people get funny about that, but whatever. Uh, we had a baby. I was a part of it. Um, baby came last. Uh, she, my gosh, my poor wife. Uh, I have a newfound respect. I I feel like all men go through this when they have their first kid. Like, you know, I've had sisters have babies. I've had sister-in-laws. I've had friends have babies. But until you're really there going through it, You just really don't know what goes on. Uh, So I'm going to spare a lot of the, uh, you know, maybe more gross details. But I want to give you guys a quick little synopsis of of what my little family went through. So my wife actually started having contractions at 1 in the morning on Tuesday, this last Tuesday, which would have been the 5th um but she actually she didn't even wake me up she was a champ I feel bad for her uh I woke up the next morning she wasn't in bed I went out into the living room and she was on the couch uh in obvious pain so she started having contractions about 1 a.m uh we kind of got things ready we knew it was too early to go to the hospital but we kind of got things ready ended up heading to the hospital about 1 p.m so she had already been in labor about 12 hours Uh, Got there, got checked in, Uh, you know, they're checking on her and stuff, and I'm trying to get like a read on the nurses of when they think things are going to happen, and and we kind of decided that most likely something would happen between like 1 and 3 a.m., so that would have been like 24 hours for my wife or a little more. Um, long story short, after a lot of walking, a lot of just nothing happening, uh, her little girl ended up coming, uh, almost 10 a.m. It was like 9.53 a.m. Uh, the next day. So my poor wife was in labor for 33 hours, and, uh, guys... I have never felt more helpless in my entire life. Like I'm just sitting there, like, could like you can hold my hand. I, like you want some ice chips or a popsicle. Uh, but I basically just had to sit there and watch my poor wife just labor and pain and grimace. Um, but as far as the actual, you know, delivery and baby and all that stuff. Honestly, we could not have asked for anything to go any smoother. Like, yes, it took a long time, uh, but there were like zero complications. Um, Baby came out just fine. Um, No uh, colic, no uh, jaundice or anything like that. Um, No health concerns basically whatsoever. Um, My wife got taken care of and everything. We stayed in the hospital for 24 hours, which is what they required. Um, And then we had to wait for the doctor to come check us out. And so we were in the hospital, I don't know, grand total, how long we were, but basically got out of the hospital, have been home ever since, and guys like us, like, I mean, I could not be any more blessed. Um, If you've been praying for me and my wife, thank you so much. Um, Like I said, just everything so far has been, I mean, like, as close to perfect as it possibly could be. Um, We have a great baby. She's been sleeping pretty dadgum good. I mean, for a newborn, all things considered excuse me sleeping very well um every single night for at least one little chunk uh she slept for like almost four hours um and so uh, my wife and i are getting some sleep we're kind of doing the shift work technique um and so i've been staying up till about 2 a.m for some reason our baby does not like to sleep between like 10 or 11 until like two or three um and so i've been doing that shift just staying up later letting my wife sleep then she wakes up we you know hand it off and then i go to bed uh and my wife is so amazing she normally does one or two feedings by herself and lets me sleep till about nine so so i am somewhat sleep deprived like if if this was just normal like this if this was just every day i would probably be doing just fine but like at the hospital i only slept like two hours Uh, The first night we were home, I probably only slept about four or five. And so, even though I'm getting a decent amount of sleep now, I just haven't really gotten to recover. Like that's that's why I'm hurting. Um, but like I said before, I mean, just so so thankful, happy baby. Um, my, uh, my wife is doing fantastic. Um, we've had lots of help from our church family and family family. And so, yeah, I, I don't want to you know take up an entire podcast with uh with this huge life update, but I do want to fill you guys in because I know a lot of people have been asking and praying for me. And and thank you to all of you who reached out you know on social media. Or whatever it was, uh, to to you know just wish our little baby girl welcome to the world. So so yeah, that's uh, that's the story of my baby. I'm a dad now, officially a dad. So excited for it. Um, yeah, just cannot wait uh, for my little girl to just live her life. I don't know what else to say. Very very excited for it. So so that's a uh, that's all the baby talk we're gonna do this week. But I did want to give you guys an update. Uh, we got a, an awesome show coming up for you guys. I've been kind of like bundling and compiling all this information um, for things that I've done so far this year, things that are coming up this year. Um, I was actually planning to have a guest today. Guest had to back out last second, um, but like I pretty much already had these notes ready to go, and so uh, I don't think I'm going to slack off or anything like that on this episode so got a lot to talk about. Um, I'm even going to cover a little bit about the current like heat wave and drought that we're in and kind of how I think that's going to affect this upcoming deer season. Um, I'm going to talk about things I've been doing for prep, things I still have to do, and then I'm going to basically kind of lay out my upcoming hunting season. You know states I hope to go to, things I hope I get to hunt. Um, Obviously all that is now a little bit more up in the air with a, a newborn and everything, but Um, you know, I, I basically tried to take that into account and work that into all my plans. So we're about to talk about, you know, just the upcoming year and, uh, and all the exciting plans I have. And I'm going to ask advice from you guys for a couple things, uh, you know, things y'all think I should do, maybe some places I should go. Um, and yeah, we're just going to have a grand old time. We're going to talk about it and i hope you guys are ready for it like i said it's great to be back and we're going to jump into the podcast right after a quick word from our amazing partners right now the dog days of summer are here and what better way to beat the heat than getting out on a nice private lake and doing some fishing private water fishing has your back simply head over to their website and sign up for your membership and you will immediately have access to private lakes all over oklahoma and texas no one to bother you or take your spot before you get there. Just a great experience all by yourself. Check it out at privatewaterfishing.com. Arrowhead Land Company continues to change the game in Oklahoma real estate. They have added new agents and more listings across the state to further help you reach your goals of buying or selling land. Their hardworking, goal-oriented mindset puts you in your needs first. No matter if you're looking for a prized hunting ranch, a family farm, or just a little piece to build your dream home on, Arrowhead Land Company can help. It's finally time guys and gals. Last week I set out nine trail cameras to start collecting that precious data, which means it's time to start taking inventory in DeerLab. DeerLab is your one-stop shop for trail camera organization and data collection. It helps you track your bucks across the landscape and gives you valuable data such as weather, Moon phase and time of day. If you really want to get serious with your trail cameras, Deer Lab is a no brainer. Head to DeerLab.com to find out more. All right, guys, real quick, I want to fill you guys in on a little bit of kind of where I'm at as far as my preseason prep and everything, some stuff that I've already got done, some things I need to get done, uh, and then I want to talk about the drought a little bit and how I think that's going to affect things. And then after that, I'm going to kind of go through my schedule for the upcoming year and kind of what I think I'm going to do and when I'm going to do it. So uh, so first things first, I've talked about it several times. I've got my blinds set up, uh, my four new Banks blinds. Uh, three of those have feeders within bow range. And then two of those three uh, also have food plots. One will be about a two and a half acre plot. The other one will be about a one and a half acre plot. The fourth Banks blind is over the saddle, just a great natural terrain feature. And then I might put, uh, last year I had a little like three quarter acre plot. i um, trying to decide if I'm going to do that again this year. I think I probably will. Um, and I'm thinking about maybe moving it, that plot a little bit closer to the blind because there's a little clump of trees. And uh, I thought about maybe putting, I have a, a nice redneck ground blind that I've had for several years Uh, that I ordered a new cover for last year and never got it out. Uh, But I'm thinking about putting that redneck blind uh, in that clump of trees as a bow spot there too. The only thing about it, it would be a super high risk, high reward type uh, bow setup because I'd have to be basically down in the saddle in order to hunt that. So that one I'm still trying to work out, not really sure about it. Um, I will be running, I think, four feeders this year, so three with the Banks blinds. I have another one with just a tree stand over it. It's where I killed my bow buck this last year. It's a, it's a cool little creek that comes out of a patch of timber. Um, I set up uh, one a new tree stand last week. That's just on what I think is going to be a nice pitch, pinch point. It's uh, where a ridge comes down and then there's a creek with some thick timber on it. And so that's just going to be a nice tree stand over a trail. Um, if you guys follow me on Instagram, uh, I took a picture out of that new stand last week and posted it asking about you know what kind of shooting lane I should uh, cut. Um, I already cut the shooting lanes. I'll post that picture uh, soon. Um, so that's just going to be a cool, I think, kind of rut area, rut time frame type stand. Um, I think I'm going to hang another tree stand on where I killed my buck last year. Um, I'm going to hang another tree stand probably 100 to 150 yards away from the feeder. Um, Because last year when I hunted that stand, uh, I saw, uh, oh man, I don't know, at least two, maybe three mature bucks. Uh, Some of you may remember I had, uh, actually it was my number two target buck come out and come all the way to the feeder. But by the time he got to the feeder, it was too dark to shoot him. And I just had to sit there and watch his shadow move around next to the feeder. And so, uh, but anyway, all those bucks came out on top of this hill and then followed the creek uh, north to that feeder. And so I'm basically going to hang another stand, probably 100 to 150 yards up the creek, um, so that hopefully when those bucks come out, you know, at last light, they would come out into the pasture and then stage up there. And so I want to stand up there um, to where you know I can get those bucks, hopefully before they make it to the feeder. That way I'm not hunting it right on the feeder either because I don't, I just don't like doing that all the time. So, um, so I have all those stands. I'm uh, I I have an old. uh, tripod stand that i set up um basically on the other side of the saddle and so again that would be a like super duper high risk high reward type setup um but this that is the side where more of the bucks travel um and so if i had like absolutely perfect wind conditions probably you know during a middle of the rut type set um i can go sit in that ladder stand it's it's in a clump of uh like smaller oak trees uh, and the cool thing about that one, there's no shooting rail on it or anything. It's like a 10 or 12 foot uh, tripod stand. Uh, I can shoot the recurve out of that one. And there's a trail probably only 12 to 15 yards in front of it. And so again, super high risk, high reward type stand. Um, I have I have several more tree stands laying around uh, because we sold our other property. Uh, but like I've said in the past, like the, the property that I'm hunting now, there's just not that many places to hang a tree stand. It was mostly cleared. Um, it's growing back now, but it's still probably, I'm going to say five years away from being able to just like go hang a tree stand anywhere you want. Um, so I'm, I'm very limited on tree stands and where I can hunt. Um, I've done a lot of hunting. I wouldn't say a lot, but I've done a decent amount of hunting off the ground, uh, which I'm, I, I love doing and I'm definitely not opposed to that. So I have several setups. Um, There's one or two neighbors that I'm actually thinking about talking to to maybe see if I can get some access. Um, One of them is a property that we were actually thinking about maybe trying to buy, Um, but he wasn't ready to sell it. Then he was ready to sell it, and then we went to sell it, and he found out he couldn't sell it. Kind of a long, dramatic story, Um, but he's not a hunter. And so, I've thought about reaching out to him, uh, and then there's a, a neighbor on the other side of him, even, that I've thought about reaching out to. So, uh, who knows? You know, may, may still try to get a little bit more property this year. You can never have too much. Um, so, so, that's kind of the pre and prep that I've been working on. Um, kind of part of that is food plots, and that's kind of where this whole drought talk is going to come in. So... You know, everybody knows that uh, you know inflation is crazy. Uh, grain prices are crazy. Fertilizers crazy. Basically, anything dealing with anything is absolutely insane. And so, my original thought, kind of coming into this year, was that I was going to rely more heavily on food plots and less heavily on feeders this year because corn is just you know stupid expensive. Uh, I think I was at a feed store yesterday and it was like thirteen dollars a bag or something like that. Um, in previous years it's been like eight and so so quite a bit more expensive. Um, and so like I said going into this year I was like, you know what I'm just gonna really really work on my food plots and uh, and you know try to back off on the feeders. but with these drought conditions, I don't know if that's going to be plausible. Um, and so uh, we're you know I, like it's gotta rain eventually right It can't just never not rain again. Uh, but things are getting incredibly dry. Um, I am so so thankful that I wound up not doing spring plots. Uh, you know, I talked about it on here. I thought about doing it. I even went to buy seed one day, um, but I, I can't remember what happened. I couldn't get it, and then I went up there and found out that my brother was using a bunch of the equipment, and I wouldn't have been able to get it in the ground. And uh, but I, I'm honestly, I'm not sure we've had a measurable rain since that weekend. That would have been like mid June or something like that. And so very, very thankful that the Lord had my back and I didn't ended up not planting spring food plots because I think they would all be dead. Um, I'm looking at a lot of the poor farmers around here, and uh, there was one guy who tried to do some dry land corn, and he's, I, I saw him basically busting out the mower the other day. It, it didn't make. Um, even the irrigated corn is struggling, I noticed. I uh, passed the field yesterday, and uh, I mean, you know, it, it's obviously somewhat green uh but just not as good as it should be uh so I'm I really feel for these farmers um you know we're a ranching family my poor brother uh he's moving cows around and trying to do what he can luckily we have uh like a well you know for actual water but uh that well doesn't help the grass grow uh, so yeah really feeling for all the all the ag guys but as far as the deer are concerned you know deer used to drought conditions they're gonna make it through I don't think we're about to have like a big die-off or anything like that um, you know out west you guys it might be a different story I feel really bad for you guys um, I'm sure y'all are are bone dry I know y'all been having a bunch of fires and stuff um, it, it could be getting a little worse for you guys'm I'm, I'm honestly not sure I don't make it out uh, west a whole lot but uh but as far as uh, eastern Oklahoma where I'm at I think we're gonna make it through this I think we're gonna be okay we do need some rain desperately. Um, but as far as this fall and hunting strategy and how all that's going to play, um, I think if you can get a food, if, if you can get a fall food plot in the ground, uh, you are going to have a lot of deer on it. I think all this, uh, heat and dryness is really, really affecting the native vegetation out there. Um, I have a feeling it's probably going to hurt the acorn crop this year, um, just, you know, trees need that nutrients to produce anything you know leaves acorns whatever it is um so my gut just tells me that we're kind of we're probably headed for a bad acorn crop year uh most likely pecans are going to be down also uh and so hopefully my hope my dream for everybody out there the deer herd the people the hunters everybody is that this fall we get some rain and fall food plots just absolutely take off, um, and I think I think deer are going to be very, very, very reliant on those fall food plots as well as corn and you know feeders and stuff. Um, I know that it's it's not really nature's plan for corn feeders to sustain, to sustain a deer herd, and uh, you know I think in this part of the country. Um, especially Eastern Oklahoma, Western is a little bit different story, but there's still a lot of vegetation in Western Oklahoma. You know, it's not God's plan for deer to survive on corn. Um, and I don't know if we could ever get to a point to where the deer would honestly, like what, to where deer would die if they didn't have a corn feeder. I don't think we'd get to that, uh, that point in our part of the country. Um, but that energy is going to be very, very important for deer. And so, Uh, if you are a, you know, a bait hunter or whether you just hunt deer, you know, naturally a hanging hunt type guy, uh, food is absolutely going to be king. You know, food is always very, very important, obviously, but I think we're going to have a very stressed deer herd this fall. Um, and, uh, you know, that type of stuff is going to be where the deer are going to concentrate um you know deer are gonna find water um you know there's little cracks there's they get water from vegetation um personally i probably will not be hunting water um because i don't want to put any more more stress on the deer herd than i need to um and so you know i talked about maybe uh building a little pond when next to one of the new uh, bedding areas i'm going to do and i might still build that pond although i don't know if it's going to catch any water at this point um But we have some other small ponds. We have some little, uh, you know, just you know, spots in the creeks that always hold water. I plan to stay away from those, at least at this point, you know, unless we get some more rain. Um, Because to me, like shooting a buck one time is not worth stressing, you know, a deer herd in the entire area. So if if they have one water source, wow, I'm really sorry for my speech, guys. Like I said at the beginning, I'm really tired. If they have one water source. Uh, like I said, to me it is not worth boogering up that water source uh in order to kill a deer. So that's me personally. You guys can do whatever you want with that. Um, but yes, I I do I think corn feeders are going to be very important, even though corn is going to be super expensive. And I think if you can possibly get a fall food plant in food plot in uh and get it to grow, you know, if we get some rain, I think that is going to be a huge huge game changer uh, this coming fall. And so I absolutely plan to plant, plant some fall food plots. I, I always do anyway. Um, but I'm going to make some extra effort and try to put in, uh, you know, the extra work to really make them blossom and bloom and just really stick out because I think our deer herd is really going to need it. And I think it's going to be a big key for harvesting a deer this year, um, are those food plots, those, those high quality food sources. So, that's my, uh, my little rant on the drought. Um, I, I know it's killing people. Uh, I've seen the pictures on Facebook of the, of the uh, sale barns, you know, trucks and trailers lined up outside of them, people trying to sell their herds. Um, my heart goes out to those people. I don't know how they're going to recover, you know, unless prices change drastically, and I just don't see that happening anytime soon. So, um, so yeah, that's the unfortunate state that we're in. Um, it's, it's not pretty. But I think we're going to make it through, you know, I think the deer herd's going to be all right. It's not like this is, you know, the first time they've ever experienced a drought. Um, so, yeah, so I think we're going to make it through this. That's the positive note. And like I said, uh, if you can possibly get a food plot in the ground this fall, I would highly, highly encourage you to do so. But anyway, now that we got that doom and gloom out of the way, I want to move on to something a little bit more happy. So I'm going to kind of talk about what I have upcoming this year, and I'm going to be looking for some input from you guys, actually. I want to talk about what you guys want to see. And so I'm actually going to start Labor Day weekend, uh, September 1st. Um, I'm not sure if I've talked about it on here or not, but uh, my younger sister... Uh, She got married to a guy a couple years ago, three three years ago, I think. And he is originally from Nebraska. And his uh, dad and brother still live up there. They're farmers. Uh, They have some land. And and they've told me before, you know, if I want to come up there and hunt, I'm welcome to. It just hasn't really been in the cards. Um, But this past year, uh, he actually got a job offer up there. And so this last, I think, December, uh, my sister and him moved up there. They're currently working on uh, building a house on the property and everything like that. And uh, the stars are kind of aligning to where if I wanted to, I could, for the first time in my life, go on a September 1st velvet hunt in Nebraska. Um, I got private land to hunt. I got a free place to stay. Um, The only thing I'm lacking is the tag. Uh, So it's an over-the-counter tag. The problem is uh, Nebraska is quite expensive for out-of-state hunters. Um, I think by the time I get the license and the tag and all that stuff it is it's almost a thousand bucks. It's like $900 or something like that um, And so uh, there's that side of it and then you'll have my wife and my new baby and stuff uh, but my wife told me a few weeks ago that she actually has planned a trip with some of her friends uh, and so and she's planning to take the baby with her so that side also checks out so I now have a a uh, family free weekend a long weekend off of work a place to stay and private land to hunt all to myself uh, if I can just come up with the money for the tag and so that's kind of what I'm working on right now um, You know, like I said uh, I mean honestly my pretty much the only expense would be the tag and a little bit of gas money to get up there so it's not too awful far I want to say it's Eight hours, something like that. Um, so not too terrible. And so I, I am really, really trying to find a way to make that trip work out uh like i said it's just coming up with the money for the tag um and so that that would be my first hunt of the year um i've never done an early season hunt i've never hunted deer before october 1st it's obviously been a huge dream of mine um i've always dreamed of going to you know kentucky or tennessee or north dakota wherever like all those velvet states um but nebraska is a september 1st opener i assume deer would probably still be in velvet um you know that first weekend But even if not, I mean, it'd just be a fun adventure. Um, It'd probably be a short hunt. I'm running low on vacation days. Uh, We'll talk about that a little later. Um, And so, you know, most likely it would be like a leave here, uh, man, Thursday night or Friday night, probably even Friday night. Uh, So that would give me Saturday, Sunday, and like maybe Monday morning. Um, And, you know, most likely mornings would probably not be the best hunting, you know, September time frame. And so, honestly, I'd probably only have like, saturday evening and sunday evening so that's the thing with the like it's just a lot of money for like two hunts you know and so so trying to work that one out so if you guys really want to see that let me know maybe we can find out a way to make it happen uh because i would absolutely love to get up there and chase some velvet whitetails so so that would be my first hunt in october and then uh rolling on down into early to mid october Traditionally, early October has just not been that great deer hunting wise on this property that I'm hunting now. Um, it just, I don't know, it just seems like the deer are on the neighbors, um, you know, it's hot still. Uh, we just normally don't see that much activity, especially daylight activity. Um, and so because of that, I've thought about maybe doing some other things. Um, you know, a, a Oklahoma mule deer is really high on my list and Oklahoma bear is also really high on my list. Um, we do not have bears on our property, but I'm pretty darn close to bear territory. And so, uh, I thought about maybe waiting and doing a, like, uh, a deer slash bear, uh, muzzleloader hunt. Uh, but after doing some research on it and stuff i just don't know if that's the right way to go um during the muzzleloader season there's still a quota for bears um and i just from what i understand a lot of the times that quota gets filled pretty quickly from like private land hunters um and so me trying to go to public land and get it done in like a weekend you know on public land no bait or anything like that it'd probably just be a pretty tall task um the mule deer, like that, I mean, I would absolutely love to go chase some mule deer in northwestern Oklahoma. The thing with that is the distance. Um, you know, I'm southeastern Oklahoma. That's northwestern Oklahoma. It's just a long drive, um, and there's no holiday weekends in there. I, I I really don't have any vacation time to to put towards this, and so, you know, if I left Friday after work, I'd get up there. I'd get to hunt, like, Saturday and maybe Sunday morning and then probably have to drive back for work. So just a really long drive, uh, for such a short hunt. So, so mule deer and bear also up in the air. Um, I'm not saying no necessarily. I just, I'm not sure which one would be easier, which one would be better if I can do either of them. Uh, you know, I do have uh, a new baby, like I've been talking about a lot. so I'm, I'm trying to keep that in mind. Um, and I don't want to burn too many of my, my family brownie points early in the season because, the hunting just going to get better the further we go. Uh, and I have some other things here that I'm going to talk about that I'm, you know, very, very excited about. But, um, yeah, if, uh, if you're listening to this, you're like, man, I have all these bears on my property and I can't find anybody to come shoot them. Let me know. I'll show up with my bow and, uh, you know, maybe be able to help you out. Uh, likewise, if you own, you know, a couple thousand acres up in northwestern Oklahoma and you're like, man, I just have mule deer everywhere. And, and uh, you know, they're eating all the stuff for my cows or crops or whatever. Let me know. I'll come help you. You know, control the population. So just, you know, that's just a nice little offer uh, from me to you. So, so yeah. So we're gonna take that into into account for early October. Um, once we get into later October, that's when things heat up. That's what I'm super excited about. So uh, that last weekend of October is just very. It's just always good um, at our place. The bucks, for whatever reason, it just seems like they come out of the woodwork. And they get super daylight active. Um, two years ago, I had my my double muzzleloader. Oopsie, uh, missed a ten point uh, midweek October that week of October, the last week of October, and then uh, wounded a buck on Halloween, an even bigger buck. And then last year, my buddy Randy came up and uh, and hunting with me. He shot a really nice big eight point on Halloween on the thirty first. And so, uh, last year I started taking a vacation day and I'm probably going to do that again this year for that last weekend of October. Um, so that's muzzleloader season. Um, I'm, i really wanting to, to kill a nice buck with my bow this year. Um, I killed a buck with my bow last year, but just, I wasn't, I wasn't super happy with him if I'm being completely honest. Um, and so I think I'm going to have a few good deer this year. I really, really want to get one with my bow. So, uh, I plan to hunt a lot that, uh, that weekend of October 31st. Uh, Halloween weekend, last weekend a muzzle loader. and then going into that next weekend, uh, the first weekend of November, that is always uh, Texas's rifle opener, and uh, I, I've kind of started a tradition also with my buddy Randy, um, we usually go out to his lease in West Texas and have a big rifle hunt out there for the opening weekend, and there's been a new change with that, Randy actually picked up a second lease, uh, and it's a little further than the first one, Um, But the unique thing about the second lease is that it actually uh, bisects two counties. I don't know if bisects is the right word to use there. It's in two different counties. And so for those of you unfamiliar, the state of Texas, when you buy your license, you get three buck tags. Uh, But each county has their own, basically, limit. And so there are one buck counties and there are two buck counties. And so if it's a one-buck county, you can only shoot one buck. If it's a two-buck county, you can shoot two bucks. And so you get three tags, but typically to fill all three of those tags, you have to hunt three different counties. Well, now he has two leases, and they're in three different counties. And so theoretically, if I wanted to, and if Randy allowed, I could shoot three bucks in Texas this year. Uh, My goal last year, I was trying to get my own place. Uh, I sent out... I don't like 14 letters to landowners and stuff and was unsuccessful getting access. Um, But Randy's lease, uh, you know, his old lease is in one County and then his new one is in a different County plus an additional County. So, um, you know, I'm not going to go out there on my buddy's place and shoot three trophy bucks by any means. Um, I would be very thankful to shoot one. Um, But with just with all that land and all that uh, access, you know, there's always, some older, cool, gnarly management bucks, and I just love deer hunting, and so, uh, so yes, there's the, the potential that I could be spending a lot of time out there, because there's just a lot of opportunity, and so that's going to be something that's going to be really interesting, having to fight between uh, getting to go out there, and, and you know, it's just fun hanging out with my buddies, it's more of a deer camp atmosphere, uh, whereas when I hunt my own place, it's usually just kind of me, and so it's just a, just a different type of hunting, Um. So yeah. So that's gonna be interesting having to uh to 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 fight that urge to go out there. Um. So but anyway. So the last weekend of October, I'll be hunting Oklahoma probably for sure. First weekend of November, I'll probably be hunting Texas for sure. And then those next two weeks are gonna be kind of um. I don't know. It's it's gonna be up to whatever I'm seeing. You know, if I'm seeing stuff on my place. I'll probably hunt my place. If the action's looking good uh, at Randy's leases, I'll probably go out there and hunt those leases. I also have to keep in mind uh, family time because super awesome this year. I've mentioned it before. uh, The week of Thanksgiving, I am going on a Colorado elk hunt. Um, It's a like semi-guided type thing. um, So I will not actually have a guide going out with me, um, but I get to hunt private land. And so very excited for that. For those of you who don't know, I have never killed an elk. I I lived in Idaho. I have a lifetime license in Idaho. I've hunted it. I think I've been eight times, uh, mostly archery, and I've had several, several close calls, um, I've even drawn on a, a spike before and stuff. My brother kind of talked me out of it cause we were in a very sticky situation, uh, at the very top of a mountain. So had so many close calls, but never closed the deal on an elk. And so I'm dishing out a little bit of money. It's honestly not that bad. Um, my, my buddy Jasper from Idaho is meeting me halfway. So we'll both be there hunting. Um, but so I'm using a lot of my vacation time on that hunt. And so, um, you know, that's why I'm having to be careful with these other long weekends and, and save my time and also having to kind of, you know, save up my brownie points. And, and I just don't want to leave my poor wife with a, you know, five month old baby for two months straight. And so, so uh, I do want to say like, if I had my ultimate dream, like if my wife was like, Hey, you know, my mom's gonna come into town. I want you to do whatever you want for these ten days. My ultimate trip would be uh, the Saturday before Thanksgiving would be the opening of Oklahoma Rifle. So I'd head up there, I'd hunt uh, Saturday, morning and evening in Oklahoma. I'd hunt Sunday morning in Oklahoma. and then after that hunt, I would already have my stuff packed. I'd head straight from there and drive from there to probably the other side of denver so this would be sunday evening uh sleep sleep in monday morning uh you know somewhere in colorado adjust to the altitude hang out you know get plenty of rest show up at uh my the my hunting place monday afternoon uh the season opens that tuesday so we're doing fourth rifle um it it opens that tuesday before thanksgiving Uh, we get to hunt Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I believe the season is open on Monday. More than likely, uh, I'm going to have to come home on Sunday because I think I'm going to be out of vacation days. You know, if we're really close and on it, I have a feeling I could maybe talk to my boss and stay that extra day. Um, but more than likely I'm going to try to head home on that Sunday. So that would be like the ultimate trip. Now, if I need to give up, you know, rifle hunting in Oklahoma that Saturday and Sunday to hang out with my family so that I can then go elk hunting, absolutely more than willing to do that. Like, I am more than willing to give up uh, an Oklahoma rifle hunt that I've done basically my entire life to go on a Colorado elk hunt. Like, trade that any day, all day, every day, so... So, if that's what needs to happen, I'm a okay with that. So, that's going to be more of a, you know, play-by-play, you know, at-the-time type decision. Um, So, that's going to be pretty much all of my November. I'll be hunting Texas the first weekend. The next two weekends will be kind of up in the air. Hopefully, I get to hunt them. You know, I'm not even guaranteed to get to hunt both of those weekends. Um, And then that week of Thanksgiving, I'll be in Colorado. Coming home from that... Uh, that last weekend of rifle season, I've actually promised my, man, this is going to be a little chain. It'd be my brother-in-law's father-in-law and his sons. So my brother-in-law's brother-in-laws, um, they bought a, a little piece of land in Oklahoma. Um, none of them have ever hunted. Uh, they're pretty new to it, but they are very excited. I, th- I think they bought 120 acres. Um, and so I've told them that I'm going to kind of help them out. And so, you know, we're going to set up some stands. Um, he has a little tractor. We might try to plant some food plots. I think he wants to buy a feeder too. Um, and I've promised them that weekend that I'd go out, uh, bring some of my rifles and, you know, help them just really help them get into the outdoors, you know, experience the outdoors. Uh, you know, they want to shoot a couple deer. They're really interested in the meat. Um, he's even told me if I want to shoot a buck or whatever, I'm welcome to, Um, you know, maybe that'll play into my season. Maybe it won't. Um, but they just, they want to learn. And so I'm, I'm super excited. I love teaching people. Uh, so again, like I've, I've told them that that weekend I'll go out there with them. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll at least shoot some does, maybe some hogs. They want to learn how to gut them, skin them, all that good stuff. And so I'm actually very, very excited for that. Um, but that's so basically between the elk hunt and that I'm pretty much giving up my entire rifle season, Um, but again, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like I said, if I get to hunt that Saturday, Sunday, awesome. But if not, I'm honestly not too worried about it. So, so last year I I, I had a lot of luck with the rifle. Uh, this year, my time's going to be somewhat limited with it, at at least in Oklahoma, you know, probably still do some Texas rifle hunting. Um, but yeah, so very, very excited about that. December is kind of just open, you know. I know I know after doing all that and being gone all that time, I'm probably going to need and want to spend some time with my family. Um so I'm keeping December pretty much open. Uh you know if I get away to do some hunting, awesome. Uh you know, that'd be a great time to head back to Randy's place real quick. You know, maybe take a management buck or something like that. Um if a deer is showing up on my cameras in Oklahoma and I have the opportunity, I'm definitely gonna go for it. Absolutely. Um, But, you know, like I said, kind of our place kind of goes back to that early October time frame where it just slows down. We typically typically still seeing some bucks, but it's almost always at night. You know, they're recovering from the rut. They're not moving a whole lot. And so that's kind of how December goes for us. And then typically right around that Christmas time frame, you know, December 20th, December 25th, that action picks back up, especially in the evening. And I don't know if I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times on this podcast. I love late season. Absolutely love late season. Um, I killed my buck this last year, December 28th, something like that, or 23rd. Is it either right before Christmas or right after Christmas? Um, I've killed bucks on the 1st, on the 2nd, on the 8th uh, of January. Um, I love, love late season. And so... Again, like if I need to take a break in December, recover, uh, you know, mentally, family, all that stuff, I'm okay with that because I want to be able to go hard again uh, from Christmas to the end of the year. And so, so, so far that is my plan for this upcoming year. Like I said, if there's something you guys are interested interested in or want me to do, please let me know. Again, I'm, I'm open to maybe trying to get uh, a mule deer hunt in. I'm open to maybe trying to get a bear hunt in. It's just going to have to, you know, we're going to have to see how it plays out. Um, uh, Nebraska would be absolutely awesome. Um, but like I said, because of my elk hunt, I don't have a lot of extra vacation time that I could take on that trip. Uh, so even that one would be a pretty quick trip. And again, if it wasn't for the the very expensive tag, I would do that in a heartbreak. If, if that was the same price as a, you know, Texas or an Oklahoma out-of-state tag, I'd be there in a heartbeat. But it's just very, very expensive. So... Oh, man, what else? Um, so I'll definitely be hunting Oklahoma deer, Texas deer, uh, Colorado elk. So those are those are for sure. Um, potentially Oklahoma mule deer or bear and potentially Nebraska whitetail. Um, the other thing about that Nebraska tag that I have to keep in mind is I'm fairly positive that uh, that tag is good for any weapon. And so if I went up there in September and did not feel my tag, don't quote me on this, but I'm fairly certain uh, I could go back um, maybe with a rifle during rifle season or at the very least, you know, I could go back later uh, during bow season. Um, So I'm trying to keep that in mind, too. But with all my other plans, I'm just, you know, I'm not really sure if that would be able to work out or not. So, um But yeah, that is pretty much my plan for this upcoming year. Like I said, please let me know if there's like something in particular y'all want to see, um, you know, summer's not over. If there's something y'all want to see before summer, let me know. Uh, I don't know how much I'm going to be able to get away with this new little baby and my, my drastic lack of sleep. Um, but please, please let me know if, if there's anything you guys want me to see. Like I said, if you're out there and you're like, man, I just have all these bears and mule deer and elk on my property. I'll help you out. Just, you know, give me a little shout out and I'll be there. Um, So, yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to close this one out because I can tell that I'm starting to ramble and my lack of sleep is catching up with me. I hope you guys are enjoying this podcast. We're going to be back next week with a guest. Uh, We got several shows lined up. And one thing that I almost forgot about, I had to check my calendar here, on August 13th, The National Wild Turkey Federation is holding their Oklahoma deer hunting conference uh, in Oklahoma City. And they have reached out to me and I will actually be speaking there um, during one of the classes. Uh, So I'm going to be teaching a class on beginner gear. And so if that's something you're interested in um, or you just want to learn... Anything about deer hunting in Oklahoma or deer hunting in general, I would highly suggest that conference. I'm going to be there, obviously. Uh, I was planning to go anyway, um, and then they reached out to me, so I will definitely be there now. August 13th. Um, what else, guys? That's all I can think of. Please continue to pray for me and my wife and my little girl. We need sleep, all of us. Um, we're adjusting to our new life and doing well, um, but we could just always use some prayer, so... I think that's going to do it for this week, guys. Like I said, I'm starting to ramble, so I'm going to shut this one down. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. We have so much more coming soon. And until next week, I will talk to you guys right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast.